you're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the future. Not 20 or 30 or 40 years into the future, but the things that are just around the corner that may have sounded like science fiction yesterday, but are closer than you may think. Now, at a recent event, we had the opportunity to sit down with Guy Cortan of GT Nexus and John Sanagate, an analyst at IDC Manufacturing Insights. And they spoke about some of the new and emerging technologies that are going to make a big difference in the supply chain of the future. Here's the interview. So welcome, everybody. We're here at CSCMP. This is Guy Courtin. I'm joined here by John Sandigate from uh, IDC. John? Thanks, Guy. John Sandigate from IDC from Manufacturing IDC. Insights. Hey, John, let's do, you know, you and I have been to many of these events. And, and in my prior life, like what you're doing now, you know, I covered a lot of this technology and industry, and you're right in the middle of it. I think one of the coolest things that you get to do and that at some level we get to do is to, to talk about what's the cool stuff on the horizon, right? What's the cool technology? Everything from robotics to IoT to 3D printing to mobile stuff to drones, right? The list goes on and on. So let's take the next couple of minutes and just talk about some of the cool stuff we're seeing. So let me start by asking you this. If you were to look out the next five years, give me the one really cool technology which we're not talking about enough today that you think we should start really focusing in on? Oh, gosh, that's a, that's a good question because I'm an analyst and we talk <laughs> about all the cool stuff. <laughs> Just pick one for now. You know, I, I think that for me, the most interesting thing that is a lot closer to reality than most folks think are robots equipped with 3D printing capabilities. <laughs> you mean and sharks with laser beams I, on their heads? Yes, exactly. So Siemens developed this really, really cool, uh, they call it a size spy. It's a cluster of robotic spiders with the capability to 3D print. So think about that. Whoa, hold on a second. So you're telling me I've got friggin' laser beams on these robots. Friggin' no, but laser that's, beams on their heads, so yes. So we're talking about, you're talking about really taking two big disruptive technologies, right? Robotics and 3D printing, and now we're merging them together. Well, that's only two. Don't forget IoT and, and the IOT, connected yes, nature right, of these guys, right? right? Paul, yes. So um, while we're, we're morphing everything, okay. It's a technology mashup. How do you see that impacting the supply chain? So we've got these robots. They're running around autonomously with 3D printing capabilities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting because what can't you do with 3D printing spider cluster Aish, robots? You're right. <laughs> but think about the service industry or aftermarket services in hard to reach places, right? The speaker today, earlier this morning, Scott Kelly yes. from NASA. Up in space for a year. Up in space for a year and talked about having to go out on the International Space Station and do repairs. Yes. Harsh environment, very challenging, a lot of risk. Is it possible to see 3D printing spider robots? <laughs> in space? <laughs> in space. <laughs> now, I know, we, we said cool stuff we're going to talk about, right? And I know that's very sci-fi, but... But, John, you're right. It's interesting because I read a piece a while back about NASA testing robotic 3D printing using whatever material they have available. And the reason being is they were saying, if we want to go to Mars, we are going to need to put space station or space capsule type stuff ahead of the humans being there. So they were thinking about, can we find a way to send robots, drones to Mars who could actually start taking Mars material and building shelters? So it's not that far-fetched, it's not that crazy. It's interesting because you're right, in these harsh environments, we can't send humans to do things, yet we need to build things there. Right, precisely, underwater. Underwater, I'm thinking about- In space. Yes, in space, um, in the, some deep woods of Burma or something. Somewhere very hot. <laughs> very hot, and it's interesting because I think it's, while we're kind of joking about it, I think it's an interesting viewpoint of, 
you're putting a manufacturing capacity at the edge of a network that needs, whether it's spare parts, new parts, new facilities, where we as humans can survive there once the material is built. Well, we talk about uncertainty all the time in the supply chain. What's more uncertain than having to build a house on Mars with the material that's there? Right. 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 So, yeah, you know, it, and you said the most out there, most interesting thing. And that, to me, that jumped out. It's really interesting. It's one of those things that, you know, you know, back to the future, no one thought there'd be self-driving cars. And here we have them today. And the pace of change of stuff is so rapid that you start to bring these technologies together and things that are impossible become possible. All joking aside, I think it's actually a really interesting idea because, you know, I think about things like oil and gas industry, right? Yes. So you're putting refineries, you're putting drills in very harsh environments. Things break all the time. I don't want to send some poor guy in the North Sea on an oil refinery to fix a valve in you know 50 foot swells and minus 10 degrees if I can send a robot that might not know what part it needs, but once it gets there, it can identify the part, manufacture it, and install it all at the same time. Now, there's a lot of things, and I, we both will agree with this. There's a lot of things that need to go right of course. for this to become reality, but the fact of the matter is a company has developed this technology and is prototyping these devices today. So it's a matter of how quickly it can become a viable alternative. Beyond the spider monkey, 3D <laughs> robotic stuff, which I think is great. Yeah. What else are you seeing out there that's, maybe that's a technology that we all know very well, but that's having a much deeper impact than, let's say my mother, I love my mother, but let's say my mother would have no clue about. We talked about it a lot today, right? The Internet of Things. Yes. And that's a subject that's gotten a lot of lip service yep. lately. Everybody's talking about it. Maybe your mother is not, but she may, might, maybe but some I don't others know. are. Yes. But you know, you said it perfectly today. It's the tip of the iceberg. The realm of possibilities changes when you're collecting new information that you never had before. Not because you have the new information, but because now you can start to identify relationships between data sources that previously you didn't know there were relationships. And when you can do that, you can you know take the next step in optimization when you're engaging in some of the most challenging puzzles that we work on today in supply chain. Interesting. So one more question, I, I like this IoT angle. When do you see IoT, we talked about tip of the iceberg, but in like 30 seconds, when do you see IoT in the supply chain space fundamentally changing things, right? Other than just doing like better asset tracking or predictive maintenance, what's the tipping point when these things are really gonna take off? You know, I'd like to say yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is there are application vendors that are delivering purpose-built IoT developed analytic applications, mouthful, that are designed to create the algorithms using all these different data sources that are out there. There are companies that can take your shipping information and know where your material is right now in real time, assess the risk of a disruption downstream in the transportation process, and dynamically reroute your material and give you a real-time view of what's happening in your supply chain. So the fact of the matter is technology's there today, but it's continuing to improve. So the tipping point is a lot closer than we, we think. think. John, I agree with you. I think it's interesting. I think it's one of those things that there's a lot of excitement around it, and I think that understandably so, and it should be. But you're right. I think there's a lot of things that we aren't even aware of, but the tipping point is coming, and I think it's going to become much more prevalent to people like my mother of <laughs> the impact of something like IoT and how it has on the industry. But I think it is a fascinating space. Absolutely. So John, again, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'll be looking out for those spider 3D printing robots. This has been Guy and John, and we are at CSMP Live. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of Supply Chain Radio. Thanks for listening. 